You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, where doctors, researchers, authors, nutritionists, and top health professionals share the latest news about staying well and living better. The information you hear today is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, but it's always timely, credible, interesting, and best of all, there's never a copay. Now, here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Hello again. Thank you for spending some time with us today. I'm awfully happy to have you among the Health Call family of listeners. All right. I know you are some of the smartest people around, and that's why I bet you've already heard of the trend toward medical tourism. But what you may not know is just how fast it's growing as Americans jet around the world looking to save money on medical procedures. For the past 20 years, an entire industry has emerged around helping people plan trips to Mexico, Costa Rica, Thailand, and other countries where care can be quite good, but you'll pay far less than at American hospitals or clinics. For example, dental and cosmetic surgery, 50% less when performed overseas. That's not uncommon. But what about safety and the quality of care? What happens if something goes wrong? To find out, I connected with Elizabeth Zimba. She is the president of a company that works with foreign hospitals and even foreign governments, helping them develop their medical tourism economy. So although she doesn't work directly with healthcare consumers, she knows what they're looking for and what they'll find overseas. By far the most popular procedures a group of procedures globally, and this includes in the United States, is people traveling for dental care. Um, also very popular would be uh, cosmetic um, surgeries or cosmetic treatments, um, also IVF, um, as well as what called bariatric surgery, better known as weight loss surgery. So those are probably four of the top most popular um, procedures that people around the world and Americans travel for. So those are all elective out-of-pocket procedures that insurance isn't going to cover in the United States. That makes sense. An orthopedic implant or something of that nature, does domestic health insurance typically cover that if performed offshore? Typically not. Um, usually um, the types of private health insurance that people have, either through their employers or if they purchase it themselves, um, those plans typically don't cover procedures outside of the United States. There are a few exceptions to that for individuals who work for self-insured employers, sort of a hybrid system. And of course, if Americans are traveling anywhere outside the United States and they um, have an accident or need emergency treatment, um, providers will offer that treatment but oftentimes there's also a very large proportion that is, has to be paid out of pocket. I don't think Americans understand that overseas there are different tiers, different layers of health care, and that uh, when you're traveling for medical tourism reasons, you're in the top tier, the top layer. This is not the free health care that other people in that nation might receive. This is a private hospital where they step things up a bit. Exactly. Uh, what about quality and safety? I think that's going to be obviously the number one concern. 
First of all, there are different kinds of safety that we talk about. We think about physical safety um, in terms of traveling to different destinations. Some destinations are safer than others. And then there's, of course, there's the issue of patient safety, exactly. which has to do with the quality of healthcare services. So international patients need to think about both kinds of safety. Well, typically, what do you see? How how many of the, the outbound cases that you've worked with result in a complication or something that's related to a problem after care? It's, it's an excellent question that I wish I had a great answer to. And I would say one of the shortcomings overall of medical travel is that there's no standardized way to uh, keep this information, and there's no central authority that would collect the data and make it available to consumers. So there's a high degree of trust. There are many things that consumers can do to inform themselves about a particular provider in a particular destination for the kinds of treatments that they, that they want. We're going to get into some tips for travelers in just a moment, but let me just press this forward a little bit further. Is it a concierge experience? Am I treated like a, a high-value patient? Is it kind of like going on a medical cruise? Give me an idea of how that works. There, uh, there is no one standard type of experience, and it varies widely depending on um, why the person is traveling, what their own personal motivations are, the kinds of services that they're going to receive, how complex is the medical care that they are looking to, to receive uh, outside, their, outside the U.S. So um, I look at it in terms of the, the consumer, the individual saying, am I going to do this myself uh, sort of a DIY medical travel experience, or am I going to work with either um, an individual that we would call, uh, the terminology is facilitator, or a medical travel coordinator. They may offer bundled services, and by that I mean a package where they will uh, include hotel, they may pick you up, at the airport when you arrive, take you to, ho to your hotel, ensure that you travel safely between your hotel and the hospital or clinic where you'll receive your treatment. Um, they'll take you back to the airport when you're ready to leave. And there may be some uh, additional services that they offer as well. So it may be somebody who's seeking cancer treatment uh, but they also have high blood pressure or they have uh, diabetes or some other uh, medical complication, those kinds of providers that are providing complex medical care will almost always offer end-to-end -end services. They want to make sure that an individual um, who's in poor health uh, anyway and now is traveling specifically for complex treatment, the journey itself is a risk yeah. that needs to be managed and is part of patient safety. Patient safety doesn't begin when the individual steps into the hospital or to the clinic. It starts from the first conversation to protect their data, their confidential information, um, helping them get to a destination 
safely. Um, there's no one size fits all. So you've seen, I'm sure over the years, thousands of travel circumstances, people heading overseas for care. Um, what Generally, what have you seen? Are the outcomes good? Are, are issues handled well? Am I putting my health at risk? Again, there's no one answer to that, but I would say that for individuals who are traveling for high-complexity treatments for cancer, um, for uh, neurology, um, spinal surgery, anything terribly complex, um, the outcomes are generally very, very good. There's high satisfaction and things go well. I, more of the problems that I see are among the elective uh, procedures that I mentioned initially, particularly around dental care and bariatric sur surgery, and somewhat around uh, cosmetic surgery as well. In fact, the CDC recently issued a warning to Americans about fungal infections that have occurred following surgery in one area of Mexico. Now, jetting off to Mexico for a nick and a tuck or a hair transplant because they're less expensive, that's one thing. But there are also people who travel for treatments that just aren't available in the USA. Certain cancer therapies are available overseas that have not been approved here. And the same with stem cell procedures. For example, clinics in Panama treat some really big names in business and sports for joint damage and other problems. Now, these are wealthy people who can just write a check, and they chose Panama because loose regulations allow doctors more freedom to innovate and try new treatment methods. But if you can't write that big fat check, but you're still interested in medical treatment abroad, what do you need to know? Today's expert has a list of tips, and that is coming up next, right here on the Health Call Radio Hour. You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, your regular weekend appointment with top healthcare professionals, where every session is painless and we never keep you waiting. Now back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back to our exploration of exploring the world to improve your health. We're talking about medical tourism flying overseas for treatments that you can't get in the USA or that you can't afford here. The cost can be up to 50% less in places like Mexico, Brazil, Costa Rica, Thailand, India, and other nations where private hospitals and clinics now cater to medical tourists. Elizabeth Zimba runs a business that consults these governments and practitioners, and she says while the quality of doctors and facilities around the world can be very, very good, even basic cosmetic surgery does carry a risk. You know, a nip and tuck is still surgery, and there's recovery, there's a chance of infection, there are all kinds of things um, that need to be taken seriously. And I think having uh, a medical travel coordinator work with you um, or working with a hospital or clinic that has an international patient department, your chances of selecting a good provider go up because 
both the facilitator and the, the provider itself with international patient departments, they will have standards and protocols in place. Uh, facilitators will screen hospitals and clinics for you according to their requirements for those providers to join their networks and be willing to receive their customers. Makes all the sense in the world. So if I am um, thinking about this, walk me through a checklist. What should I be thinking about as a consumer exploring the possibilities? I have a whole checklist of recommendations, even though this is not the focus of our business. As I mentioned, we're a, we're a business to business a consulting right. and training company. But over the years, I get asked this question all the time. So <laughs> um, first and foremost, um, as you would going to the United States to your local uh, primary care physician or going to your local hospital for care. You should be an educated consumer. You should be um, doing your research about the provider, the hospital or clinic itself, and whoever the doctor or medical professional will be working with you. What is their reputation? There's so much good information, reliable sources on the internet that doing research is just number one. And to not be afraid to ask questions. Um, for international patients, having a teleconsultation with the doctor who's going to be giving you your treatment or performing the surgery is an absolute must. If you can't arrange that, look for somewhere else to go. You want to ensure that there's clear communication with your doctor, not only because of what may be language differences. Uh, so, for example, you know, Americans traveling to Mexico and Americans may not speak Spanish, but the doctor hopefully is at least bilingual. How good is that communication? Is the doctor willing to answer your questions, telling you information? What's the surgery like? What, what's the recovery period like? How long do you, uh, what medications you'll have? How long you need to stay in country? What's the follow-up? You would ask those questions of your local doctor absolutely ask if you're going to be traveling for care. So that's certainly number one, as I mentioned, the teleconsultation. Uh, the estimate of costs, this is a big issue and people automatically assume that traveling for care is going to be cheaper or less expensive is what I prefer. We hope it's not cheaper because if it's cheaper, that means that Costs or corners are being cut that shouldn't be cut. Um, you should also be aware that in some destinations, many destinations, hospitals bill and doctors bill separately. So you want to make sure that you understand all the costs of your medical care and also do um, some calculations of your own of how much does it cost to get there? How much does it cost to stay there? How much will it cost to eat while I'm there? How much will it cost me to get from the hospital to the hotel to a restaurant and so on? And most medical travelers will have someone accompany them, which is an excellent idea. Going by yourself for any kind of medical treatment, if something should happen, um, you could get in an accident 
um, on the way to the hospital. Um, so who's there to, to make decisions for you, help you think clearly, um, calm you, have someone there to reassure you, uh, to ask good questions on your behalf. Um, you need to factor in those costs as well. And then make a decision about um, are you are you traveling because you just want to save money, um, but are you also looking for faster service? Are you looking for higher quality than what's available in your local destination? So there are different factors. It's really why are you doing what you're doing and um, being a smart consumer about how to acquire what it is that you want. Uh, that is great advice, all of that. So what do you see changing in the next few years? Is this a trend that's on the upswing? Oh, absolutely. And it may not be for the reasons that people think about. We often, as individuals, how often do you think about demographics, uh, global demographics in your daily life? Most people, uh, not very often. For me, it's a regular thing. Yeah. So what we're seeing globally um, is that um, the last 20, 25 years, we've seen an increase of the middle class um, in countries with large populations. So, for example, in India, in the last 20 years, the middle class has grown to a size that's the entire population of the United States. Wow. And as you have a growing middle class, you have people who can afford to travel, who want to access, um, they want to take better care of themselves. They may opt for things like cosmetic surgery or if they want waste, weight loss surgery, other things like that. They may not be medically necessary, but we want them. Mm -hmm. um, so gro globally, there's growing demand. And I just, I don't see that changing at all. In fact, what I have seen in the 20 years I've been doing this is that healthcare providers have been trying to catch up with consumer demand and what consumers want. Uh, they want better, they want faster, they want higher quality, they want innovation, they want an, an excellent overall experience from the initial uh, website visit all the way to when they return home and someone calls to say, how, how was it? Did everything go well for you? Again, that is medical travel expert Elizabeth Zimba. I'll have a link to her business in the show notes. But if you're planning foreign medical care, chances are you don't want to talk to her. You're going to be better off finding a medical travel facilitator, someone who can advise you on which clinics in which countries are the best fit for your procedure or your budget. Elizabeth told me that although it's a growing industry, it's still a very niche group of people, and these professionals stay in touch very closely. So bad news travels fast. If a clinic earns a bad reputation, it's tough to hide it from people who make a living guiding others, other medical tourists around the globe. An extended version of my conversation with Elizabeth is on the Health Call website. You can just call up healthcall.live and you'll find it right on the homepage. That's also where you can use the contact form to shoot me a question or a comment about the show. I read every one and you'll always get a personal reply. When we come back, we will hear from a young woman who has turned her painful medical condition into a career. She's now helping people 
who have bodies that think food is an enemy and goes on a painful attack after every meal. And that is coming up next here on the Health Call Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media.